Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, you guys, it's Courtney. And Joy Marie here. And we're back with another episode of Job Blog. Yes, we're your group chat girlfriends hitting you with fresh career conversations, work, life, everything in between on the 1st and the 15th. Yes, and you know, it's summertime. It's crazy busy with us traveling, and we wanted to make sure we checked in, but we will be taking the month of August yeah, so enjoy past episodes while we take a little time off. We will be back in September with brand new, fresh content. But we definitely didn't want to go so long without checking in with you guys. So we're going to do a quick clock in and take a fun walk down memory lane of sharing one of our very first interviews with a media mogul in the making. So stay tuned for that and see how crazy things can change in just a few years. Yes, but first, you guys know we like to start every episode with a clock in. It's a segment of the show where we check in on each other other check in with you guys it's been a little bit of time Courtney how are you what's going on what's new uh, things have been really good I mean <sighs> wedding planning career life real estate like it's a lot happening yeah but the thing I'm proudest of is if you follow me on social media you already know this but I've gone to therapy I've stopped like being a hypocrite and telling all of you to go to therapy <laughs> and not go to therapy <laughs> And I am in the office. So, I mean, it was like, I mean, I resent a little bit how hard it was to find a therapist. Yes. Isn't it crazy? What was like your criteria when you were looking? What were things that were important to you? I wanted a black woman. Yes. um, And I was very... I mean, you know, some impressive the credentials. And the, I mean, once I started looking, mm-hmm. there's all these different like certifications. I didn't know what anything meant. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, if it's like a school that I recognize and you look like you got some sense, I use psychology <laughs> today. <laughs> I mean, that's so horrible, but those pictures they matter. It's like, do I look like this is a face I can right, talk to? Right, right. So that's what, and I did like a little pre-interview, mm. like with the person I wound up with. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I like her vibe. We'll do yes. this. And overall, like I still very, like I even more so support therapy now that I actually go. Uh, why? What, <laughs> what's been like the standout stuff? I think, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's like essentially like, me talking to myself except somebody else is in the room yes and she like comments on what i have to say mm. unlike my reflection who's just like yes girl, yeah. <laughs> she's like do you but do you remember last week when you said and i'm like oh. <laughs> okay like are oh, you paying so, attention um, for real <laughs> right so kind of just calling me out on like my patterns mm. and things like that and the biggest change i would say is that like i can recognize when I have choices Mm. so it's like instead of like saying like oh kind of going off instinct and wondering like how life turns out the way it does it's more like oh 
I have all these choices that I'm making every day mm. and I'm starting to realize that like not just after the fact but like as it's happening like oh I can like choose to yeah. do this the way I've always done it or do something Different. else oh that's fascinating so yeah. that's that's been good okay all right i love it it's a process let me go it's ahead and get back into therapy it's been a while girl <laughs> i love it do it do it so okay what about you what's going on with you girl i have you know i've been in a crazy whirlwind maze of <laughs> busyness <laughs> and that's just like I know. work busy because i started this new job but it has been like about three months by the time this comes out so um, it's been amazing and I'm loving it, but it's definitely kind of like taken up all my focus in my headspace, which I think is okay. Yeah, so those 90 days will do it. Those yeah. So I'm like it. excited to kind of get back into my regular routines and see like what else I have space for in my life. But um, yeah, I am, um, you know, one piece of advice just kind of being three months in. Um, that I'm realizing and I think we've talked about before but it's just like it's like as important to tell people about the work you're doing as it is to do the work at a certain Mm. level like it's literally Mm -hmm. not just about putting your head down and checking things off the list it's it's about coming back and um, you know in our case we'll do like updates on our little intranet and recaps and like making sure my boss is aware like I just did XYZ and I slayed it and here are like four other people that can confirm (laughs) that I slayed it it's just so important to do that so that people have an understanding of all the work that you're doing everything that you're achieving but Also, so it's a resource to them so they can like leverage everything you've accomplished for whatever they're working on. So that's like a big perspective shift for this job for me that I've never had before. Mm -hmm. But it's been real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, too. I forgot who was I think I might have thought on Twitter, but someone was saying to the effect that like a lot of times people like you want more responsibility at work or you want more influence and then you like complain about being in a ton of meetings mm. but like meetings and anytime you're like interfacing and talking with people that's how you're building influence mm. so it's not so much about to your point about like checking off the boxes and getting it done yeah. but it's about like being able to communicate the work that you've done pitching new yeah. work like that's where like your reputation is built 200 percent the thing you know (laughs) but see they don't teach you that and it's like it's it's like a mindset shift because it's like oh my job is is 50 percent work and 50 percent all that other stuff so yeah it's it's been awesome though we um we also got a lot going on this summer in the world i thought it'd be a slow one okay so open up your newspaper (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well the big story today is uh Queen B, Beyonce, making waves as usual. But it's about the September issue of Vogue, mm. where she's going to be on the upcoming issue, but she would only do it if they surrendered all creative control of the cover to her. Mm. And through that, she hired the first Black photographer to shoot a cover for, like, not just a September cover, but any cover that for is- Vogue ever hold on pause in 126 pause years the tape. a black photographer has never shot the cover pause the tape. how how <laughs> are we I, it's crazy it? how are we still doing this it's amazing so she chose a 23 year old photographer yes. by the name of tyler mitchell 
And I feel like this is so timely because I think in a recent episode, we were just talking about like using your seat at the table to give other people seats at Mm. the table. And like how many more years would this have gone on if she hadn't said like, if you want me on this cover, I have to choose. That's what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's a concept too, because I think a lot of times when we're granted an opportunity given we're not all putting in Beyonce work here like be real with yourself (laughs) do you have Beyonce work ethic (laughs) or Beyonce reputation but like a lot of times when we're given an opportunity we think we just have to be grateful to take it like I think a lot of times when you haven't had access it's just kind of like oh well I'm just happy to be in the room um and this is encouraging because it's like you can be in the room and still demand what you still make the ask for what you Mm -hmm. need what you want to see and kind of put your voice and vision into it so that's so exciting right because it's kind of unheard of because like miss anna Wintour, like she's known for choosing like the cover star what they wear who shoots Mm. them so for someone to push back but if we can like shift the lens a little bit i find it very interesting that this was, people were saying, it's rumored that this would be Anna Wintour's last September issue, that she would be moving on from mm. Vogue soon. But Condé Nast came out and it was basically saying, like, she has a job indefinitely. As long as she wants yeah. it, she has it. And I wonder, like, the connection between the fact that there hasn't been a Black photographer and that, like, Miss Wintour, like, that happened yeah. under her tenure. yeah. So, like, I get that she has, like, she's changed the face of the fashion yes. industry. Not just Vogue, but, like, the entire yeah. industry. Give her flowers for that. It's but is time. it, like, discriminatory mm-hmm. for, like, wanting, yeah, like, new blood? Yeah, No, I don't think like, so. Like, can she evolve? I don't think so. And I think, like, we have to hold our peeps accountable, you know? It's, like, diversity matters. Authenticity matters in this day and age. And, like so much so just as much behind the camera to your point as the talent right. that we see as the the face of these things so um that it, it's shocking i kind of i find it almost impossible like to comprehend <laughs> it's like you have to kind of right. go out of your like, way how? but maybe it's just like anna went to her, like she's she is her demographic but even still right. like you know black right. photographers so and I even think, too, like, your Ghanaian brother, Edward Innenfo, mm. he is the editor-in-chief at British yeah, Vogue. Yeah. He got that position pretty recently. And, like, ever since he took the helm, it's just, like, black yes. on the cover. Yeah. Oprah on the cover. Rihanna just got their September issue. It's just, like, it's such a marked difference. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And, you know, we got, we got keep another Ghanaian Virgil over there at Louis Vuitton Men, you know, like making waves making splashes so yeah it's, it's it's fascinating how fashion is has been impossible to permeate almost um for black mm-hmm. folks and, and luxury fashion at that but uh you know we'll see we'll see i, I like i like where this is all going i'm excited yes. to see what happens yeah i'm excited to see just the progress that's happening and speaking of progress black yes our fam and friends over at Blavity recently closed uh, their first official round of funding. They had $6.5 million in funding to expand y'all. their... Millions. <laughs> Money. <laughs> oh, to be a fly so on the I wall when she checked her account when that check When that cleared. happened. <laughs> 
I mean, that's Commas and moves. zeros. And I immediately, I immediately flash back to our interview uh, with their founder, yes, Morgan. Morgan Devon. Back in, when was that? 2015. Three, literally three years ago. Three years ago. So I was like listening back to that episode and like three years <laughs> changed so much. Because <laughs> that was like my first episode on the podcast. Yes. And we were like, oh, we're trying out segments. Yes. And like, I was raving about Apple Music, <laughs> dropped it probably a month later. I'm sorry if you switched. <laughs> on my we don't talk about episode. them over here anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. But like, it's amazing to see Morgan like talking about building her team and like evolving that yeah, brand. Yeah. And I, you know, I think like just looking back for me, what is kind of incredible about both sides of the conversation, sort of us um, coming together for the first time and interviewing her and sort of her being young and the brand is just like, when you have a vision, it's sort of insane how far that vision can take you and how much it can grow and what can be both a long and relatively little amount of time. Like three years, it feels long, but it Mm -hmm. also like flies by. And, you know, it's insane that kind of we kind of had this idea of the show and these segments and to see kind of where that's taken us over the years. But also with Morgan, you know, talking about her vision and what just stands out to me is like when you're persistent and you put actions behind that vision and sometimes just literally just a consistent set of actions over time. It's crazy to Mm -hmm. see where that can take you and what that could open up for you, you know, from a small sort of internet newsletter that caught on to now 6.5 million and I'm sure many more rounds of funding and uh, growth to come. It's incredible. Yes, I think this is definitely a listen, even if you've heard it the first time around or if you're a newer listener and this um, interview is new to you, if you're starting something, I think this is definitely a great motivator. So check it out, our interview with Morgan. So Morgan, we'd love if you'd tell us a little bit about yourselves. I think we we know you as the CEO and founder of Blavity, but what's maybe something people don't know about you? Mm, let's see. I'm from St. Louis, um, born and raised, went to undergrad there at WashU. And um, yeah, I moved to Silicon Valley right after college to work at Intuit as a product manager. Um, and I live in San Francisco now. So I think most people like don't don't know they think I'm from like New York or LA. It's like no, I'm from Missouri. Nice. So, can you tell us a little bit about like what moved you to create Blavity? What was the inspiration behind creating this platform? Yeah, so um about a year and a half ago, 2 years ago, I was sitting in my corporate job, um like probably many people listening to this podcast and um was consuming content, right? I was on BuzzFeed, I was on Facebook, and I was clicking a bunch of articles. And while, like last year, there was a lot of stuff going on with Mike Brown and a lot of other, um, you know, social justice issues, and yet it wasn't really popping up in my feed as much as I wanted to. I had to go to Twitter to Mm -hmm. access this information and kind of what was happening. And being in San Francisco and that, you know, Mike Brown happening in St. Louis, where I'm from, um, was kind of like a weird moment, right? And mm-hmm. like, Blavity is a manifestation of all of these things. It's like, there should be content made for and by black millennials because we influence so much of culture. And yet, 
a lot of these tech companies ignore us despite yeah. the fact that we're huge huge consumers of their of their products right yeah. instagram twitter vine you know dub smash all of these companies you know million multi-million dollar companies that don't actually cater to us but we're making them like the coolest thing ever yeah yeah, yeah i agree with that and courtney and i were talking about that yesterday it's it's funny because working kind of for a larger corporation you know with um the Supreme Court decision that was passed and sort of, you know, seeing lots of big brands rallying around that, I was sort of disappointed not to see brands rallying behind what's right here in terms of what's happening with sort of police brutality and all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you touch on that. And it's so awesome that Blavity exists. Yeah. And I think even just not for brand facing, but the black community in general, because I know my friends who aren't on Twitter, I feel like they miss out on so much yeah. of like what we're doing and contributing to culture. So when I saw Blavity, I thought, oh my God, this is great that someone's putting all of this in one place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Twitter is a, a cool place to find out what's happening in real time. Yeah. And um, surprisingly, like most of our users are actually coming to us from Facebook. So really? Yeah, which makes sense, right? Because like you and I, you know, we're all plugged in yeah. all the time. But the majority of people like aren't. They're plugged into Facebook, they're plugged right. into Instagram, but they're not out here like searching for information. Yeah, they're on the Facebook delay. They get it like a weekly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which true. is like really funny to see from a data perspective, like, wait, that happened two weeks ago while we're right. still reading this. Right. But um it's just the world we live in. Yeah, absolutely. And but you guys have grown very quickly. So Blavity launched about a year ago um, in July 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And you guys have expanded rapidly. I mean, just from what I can see, it's, you know, over 40,000 followers on Twitter, over 20,000 on Instagram, and I'm sure um, more on other platforms. So what do you think contributed to that success and that rapid growth? Yeah, it, it has grown quite a bit. Um in the last year, which has been fun and a huge blessing, um, but also terrifying because you're like, wait, we weren't ready. Um, but I think the reason we grew so quickly is because it's needed, right? Like it was a void and a thing that um, wasn't there yeah. and, or that was that existed and Blavity didn't exist, right? And so when you solve a pain point for any customer the, and it's something that they literally couldn't imagine their lives without it, then you've got something that's really cool. And so word of mouth um, is the fastest way that we've grown, right? People are telling their friends, they're texting people articles. Um, and we've had some pretty big hitters that have brought a lot of people into the community. So we, we're a representation of the times. You know, being mm. black is pretty hot right now. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, it, it's a great place to be. It's a great, from a business perspective, it's a great market. Yeah. And now correct me if I'm wrong, Blavity launched as a video, more of a video focus. I mm-hmm. think I read that. So I'm really interested to know how did you know it was time to kind of shift gears from that first iteration of the site? And how did you know that what the platform looks like now, that's where you needed to go? Yeah, so we started off as a video newsletter. So every week I would like manually take screenshots of the top 10 videos like curated by Morgan mm-hmm. and email them out to you know our, our user base. Um, and then I would tr- track who was clicking on what. So if it was a funny video, it would get more clicks. If it was kind of like a depressing news video, it wouldn't get that many clicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then based off of that data, we then made the video site, which was built from scratch. 
and you know it was fancy it was really really ugly but it had a fancy back end um and nobody clicked on it nobody watched anything no one wants anything (laughs) yeah they would still open the newsletters and like maybe click Uh but for the most part like it wasn't growing organically at all it was Mm. like an entire manual process to get people to the site um you know, so so the first hypothesis was like, oh, well, it's like, it's just really ugly. So, you know, I thought, in the, you know, in Silicon Valley, it's like, build the MVP, build the minimum viable product. Yes. Mm. Doesn't matter if it's ugly, just get it out into the world. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then nobody liked it. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's make it prettier. Same back end. Let's just make it, give it a facelift. We're going to make it lighter. We're going to add like, you know, call to action buttons and really pretty pictures and all this stuff. Um, so that was V2 and that one did a little bit better. Um, and we found that if we could drive traffic to the site, the people would spend some time, you know, clicking around watching videos. Yeah. And then what happened was we started writing stories on a blog. It was blog.blavity.com about the creators that we were partnering with. So Mm. their backstory, doing interviews with them, and then embedding their videos that we had made or linking it back to the video site. And the written content was getting way more play than the video site. And so we started to release more and more written um, profiles. And ultimately, it's it's about data, right? So what I saw was that more people were sharing those those pieces of content that were written and they were original um, as opposed to us just resharing videos that people probably could have seen or or found on Facebook or um, Twitter, you know, they would have stumbled upon it eventually. So that's the, that's the, um, the journey to where we are. So now, so let's see, that was July was when we launched. So by January of 2015 this year, we, totally pivoted to the written content we deleted it's not really deleted it's somewhere on the internet but (laughs) we switched over the url for blavity.com so that it went straight to the blog and then we did tracked tracked the data it went really well so we did another facelift of the blog because it wasn't really designed for everyday usage Mm. um and that's the version that you see today so by the end of january that's when we finally got the product that hit with the market. That's so fascinating, Morgan. And I'm glad you touched on that because that's something I struggle with. And I have heard that, you know, the idea of putting a product out in market, mm. getting real-time feedback, and then iterating. Um, mm-hmm. And even, you know, myself with, with job blogs and, and having a new platform, I struggle with the perfection and the idea of, like, what my original objective was and what I want to put out versus what people are really kind of gravitating yeah. towards and, right. and enjoying. And, and like you said, what the da- the data supports. So how do you, you know, how do you know to let go? How do you kind of step away maybe from your baby because it is your baby and, <laughs> uh, and pivot when it's time to pivot? Like Totally. What? I mean, if I could do it over again, I would have listened to myself faster, right? Like, mm. yes, we do very quickly. You know, we went through like four versions of the site in six months. But I, if I'd really listened to the data and like paid attention to even feedback from some of my close friends, we would have had this version of the site up in November. So... Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is letting yourself, like, it's okay to be wrong, right? Like when you're wrong, you're actually just learning something that you shouldn't be doing. And then you just have to ask yourself why. Um, and then the other thing that I tend to do is we set behavioral goals. So Mm. what that means is someone will say, um, I like the color blue. And then when you give them five options, they pick the color red. 
Hmm. And you're like, but you just told me that you like the color blue. And they're like, yeah, I do like the color blue. And you're like, okay, great. But you just picked red. <laughs> so yeah. what's the deal? And they're like, oh, I like the color red too. But you didn't ask me that question. Oh. And in this context, I actually wanted the color red because, you know, red is my girlfriend's favorite color. And so I picked red. You How know, did whatever, you get that right? information, so, Morgan? Were, the, were you surveying? Um, so that would have been a survey question. If I had said, do you want blue um, or what's your favorite color? And they said blue. And then when I gave them the videos and one of mm. them was red, they clicked the red video. Right, right. the blue video, right. Um, so I don't do any surveys. We never do surveys. I don't believe in surveys. Okay. Yeah. And I think even when in my line of work and doing social media, uh, people forget to like just stop and like look at what people are responding to. Like I think we get caught up in like go 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 like execute yeah. execute yeah. but you do have to stop and figure out like what's actually working here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a really big lesson to learn. I think absolutely. absolutely. But let's pivot a little bit to the kind of the back end more that people don't see. I know you have a great team that you're building. How do you incentivize people to kind of believe in this dream and this passion that you have? Um, I don't know, like maybe they're working on your project on top of working full time. Like, how do you make that like their passion as well? Yeah, so I think we we tend to look for people who um, we don't have to convince. Right. Mm. It's it's already understood um, that we're all fighting the same fight, you know. So the, the most of the writers that we have on the team, actually all of them. Um, have come to us, right? So we've said, hey, we're looking for writers, and then we just get a bunch of applications. Um, and I think the most difficult part is just sifting through them all, right? Yeah. Um, making sure that our what Blavity is trying to do aligns with their goals because um, that's the only way that we're both going to be happy for a sustained period of time, right? We want writers and our team members to be team members for a long time, not just yeah. like three weeks or yeah. one, one article, one post. Yep. That's not productive for anybody. Um, so the, the people that you have on, that you see on Twitter and, and writing on the site, they're amazing. They're super passionate and they're passionate. They'd be passionate whether they're with Blavity or they weren't with Blavity. They'd be right. writing the same things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we just gave them an opportunity to do it with us and gave them the support and the resources you know, I'd like to think to do it better than they could get in other places. Got it. And is is your team uh, mostly full time or part time? Yeah, everyone's remote okay. and um, mostly part time. Okay. Editors full time, um, and yeah, a lot of people outside are freelancers, so they write for multiple Got groups of people um, or students. We have a lot of students. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And you, I mean, 
you know, thinking about a new business or a new venture within a year, it seems like you've kind of followed a really great blueprint for setting up shop. How did you know, you know, what to do or what to even be thinking about as you approach this project? How did you know how to build a team and how to incentivize people and things like that? That's a good question. How did I know? I don't know. I think (laughs) a lot of it is trial and error. I've been building teams um, and been in leadership roles know most of my my schooling life mm. um, so in undergrad I was student body president as a sophomore at WashU um, had a startup that failed miserably but it still existed at some point in, what was the startup it, it was a we were um, so at WashU there's a ton of free food events but you go to the event you get free food mm-hmm. and by the end of the semester everybody was out of meal points so they were trying to find these events so it was an aggregator of all of the events on campus with free food oh wow <laughs> so that, that is epic that is an epic Listen. idea <laughs> it, it, it it's a great idea i still like totally believe in it but um <laughs> we did not have the team dynamics to pull it off okay. um but wow. yeah I, I think i think at the end of the day like team building has been a part of of what motivates me and what I enjoy. And so making sure that we had a strong team where people feel like they're contributing to a bigger picture and that they're still learning and being pushed and where it's transparent, yeah. um, you know, what the goals of the company are and what I'm doing and, and everything. You know, I think everybody, if you talk to anyone on the team, they're completely and 100% aligned on like why Blavity exists yeah. and how we're going to get to the next step know, the next six months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, taking that you've built the team, it's a year later, you've had rapid growth and success. How do you now begin to deal with kind of the shift of people viewing you for maybe your perceived value now that your your platform is growing, and you know, you are becoming more influential in the community? How do you vet people out? And you know, how do you kind of work with people that have a genuine and authentic interest in and moving towards the goals that you've set as well. Yeah. I mean, that's something that's, that's new for me. Um, it's difficult because I want to help everyone and yeah. I want to, because especially when we're dealing with uh, we're building a community that is a reflection of the, of our friend group. Right. Yeah. So I'm building Blavity in public for people that I care a lot about. Mm. And as you know, it's not like I'm building an app for children in, Canada, you know, like I'm building an app and a community for my friends in New York and my friends that are traveling in Dubai. Right. Yeah. So I think the first thing for me is, is like telling myself it's okay to say no because I can't do everything. And if I was unfocused, like we would never have gotten where we are today and, and Blavity would not be sustainable. And it's more important for Blavity to be sustainable in the long term than to help this one person yeah. today. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. It's, it's really a self thing. And then I think the other, the other um, thing that I'm working on, and it's a constant, constant thing that I reflect on is like, how do I help the most people in, in this period in our lives? And part of it is empowering our team. So I may not be able to help you, but you should talk to Sabine our marketing manager. You yes. should talk to Aaron, yeah. my co-founder, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so trusting that everyone on my team is extremely qualified and that mm-hmm. they can do just as good a job as I can at helping this person achieve their goals um, is something that we're also trying to do. Okay. 
And it's um, perfect because um, it segues into something I saw you tweet recently that I thought was really interesting. Let me see if I pull up the tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it said, um, if Blavity... <laughs> yeah, it comes back to haunt you. Uh, <laughs> it said, uh, if Blavity featured everyone who reached out to us on Twitter, we would be out of business in less than a month. You have to be ruthless about the decisions I make to ensure we exist forever, not just this moment in time. And I think that is a great point. And I just wanted to um, have you talk about how do you balance, like you start these baby projects um, with really altruistic motives and missions, but at the same time, it has to be like a viable business. It's a product. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance um, those two extremes? Oh, it's so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It's really difficult. I think... It's just about having like a personal set of principles and then Mm. making sure that you're pressure testing those principles with everyone else on the team Mm -hmm. Um, and then holding yourself accountable to them. Yeah. And so, you know, one very concrete example is a lot of people ask us to be media sponsors, right? They're for their event. So they're Mm. throwing a party, they're throwing a conference, they are, um, I don't know, going on a speaker's tour, a spoken word poetry slam, right? And I'm like, okay, but if we had every single black event, which would kind of be dope, but if we had every single black event did a a feature on them on the site, that would totally clutter the site. That would be all that we could do because it takes a lot of time to cover and interview people. I mean, you guys know this, right? Yeah. And not only that, but we have a, a site that crosses over the entire world well people in london don't particularly care about an event in new york and until we have the infrastructure to be able to help people filter through that type of content then we're not doing anybody any service so it's one of those things where you have to think through at a higher level okay if i help this one person can i help everyone else that is like this one person if the answer is yes then great and that's kind of for example our instagram Yes, we can feature creators. I can feature every single creator that comes to us, right, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Can I write an article about them? Right. Probably not. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's. I feel like that's something I have, you know, spoken with you, Courtney, about that I'm struggling with as well, because even just with four, you know, for this being the fourth episode, mm-hmm. people do write me um, and they want to be featured on the podcast mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily align with what the goals are. Or maybe, you know, there's more of a product uh, sort of play or kind of like promotion or advertisement. And that's mm-hmm. not what I'm looking to do. So I'm kind of at the same place where I'm trying to. Well, definitely not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's something that I'm already dealing with, even sort of in the infant stages of the podcast. Right. And what are you what are, what are your responses to them? You know, I haven't quite figured that out yet. Honestly, like even yesterday, I got an email and um, I had Aaron Styles, who's uh, who's featured on the second episode of the show. She's in PR, kind of forwarded her the email because I was like, you know, this this person looks fantastic as a young professional and is very accomplished. But what's the story here? And that's why I'm kind of glad Courtney came on board because she definitely approaches things from more of a branded Mm. storytelling perspective. Like, what are we pulling out of this? What are we pulling out that's really empowering other young professionals and entrepreneurs on their journey? And if the answer is nothing or we don't know, then maybe it's not the right fit. Yeah. But I like what Morgan said, too, about like you just have these different channels that you can kind of funnel things through. So like maybe it's not what they ask for, but you can still give them something, whether it's an Instagram shout out or something else. That's a good point. I like that. I hadn't thought about that. 
Yeah, I like that approach a lot. At um, the same time, you have to be focused, right? Like, yeah, focused on and do what you're supposed to be doing. So, part of so there's plenty of things that Blavity could do that we don't, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to that point, so Courtney and I were talking about this on the ride over here. How do you, you know, being a, a content platform that's really speaking to the black community, but also in a way creating a community, how do you balance your goals and, and stay true and, and continue to be focused while not being too influenced by the community? Because you are aggregating the trends, you're aggregating what's happening, and you're responding to that. How do you balance, you know, making sure you're not getting too inundated by it or losing focus of your goal and your mission? Yeah, because I feel like even within the age of the comment section, everyone becomes a strategist. And they're like, <laughs> I think you should be doing this, this, yeah, this, and this. I get a lot of emails that like, hey, have you thought about this? And I'm like, um, I may have thought about that, but that's not what we're doing. Right, so, right, exactly. <laughs> I guess my thing is um, I love the energy. I love that there's so many people thinking proactively about Blavity in their daily lives enough to like text me something yeah. or email or tweet Blavity like, hey, have you thought about making a black Reddit? Have you thought about you know making a weekend catalog of all the things to do in Brooklyn like yeah okay maybe I haven't thought of that like so you know I would say for me it's just staying open now with all the great feedback we also get a ton of bad feedback Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think the hardest part um is to not take it personally right Right. you know as we get bigger you just can't please everyone the diaspora is a very very diverse place and we all have different opinions and blavity even within our own team we argue all the time about should we cover this should we not cover this should we give them attention should we even like elevate this conversation right um and there's a lot of different opinions on the team as well and so the point of blavity is not to represent you know the progressive black millennial that lives on the coast Mm. it's to represent a diversity of perspectives of the black millennial experience in the world. We're wow. not there yet, but we're getting really close. Yeah, so, that's powerful. Um, yeah, not everybody's going to agree with everything on the site. I know I don't, personally. Mm. Oh, really? You don't? Like, you've no. had writers contribute stuff and been like, eh. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I'll publish it because yeah, it yeah. if I agree. If, like, Blavity is not Morgan. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, it's an entire being on its own. Huh. Um, Interesting. So, Yeah. Mm. noted noted because yeah. i mean right job blogs has been a one woman show for a while so mm. i this is kind of preaching to me and it's speaking to me in an interesting way stuff i hadn't thought about in terms of balancing perspectives and making sure you're being representative of the whole community yeah definitely and uh i would want to know too like as an aggregator of content and trend forecasting things like that how do you stay current and on top of what's happening are there any tools that you love yeah, I use TweetDeck quite a bit. Um, there's also certain areas that are specific that I'm constantly just checking, right? So all of the things with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So we have lists of influencers that we pay attention to. Twitter lists are very helpful. Oh, I love yeah. a good Twitter list. I love you know, because it's like, okay, what did Sean King say? What did Netta say? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Right? Um, okay, nothing's popping off. Like, let me switch over to my blurs. What's happening over here? Right? So... We have um, kind of like sub-segments of the black community that um, that we have a pulse on, right? So I just told you two, Blurreds, um, Black Lives Matter. Another one is um, Afrofuturism, right? Mm. So there's just lots of different communities that we're constantly keeping pulse of using 
um, TweetDeck. I have RSS feeds. I use a tool called Import.io, um, and that's really cool for checking out what other sites are talking about so we yeah. can make sure we're not missing anything that's big that just maybe we didn't get a pulse on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are kind of my, my top three tools. That's great. And on a personal level, what are you reading, watching that, you know, keeps you inspired and motivated and, and gives you these ideas as well? Uh, let's see. I just reread John Maxwell's The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Um, it's kind of like a classic leadership book, but it's nice to think about what I'm doing and what our team is doing at a higher level. It's really easy to get in the weeds and to think about what content are we making tomorrow versus like, how am I thinking about this company? How am I thinking about what we're doing in 18 months and yep. in five years and building something sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also watch a lot of TV to stay sane. What so are you that- watching? <laughs> um, I just watched Daredevil on Netflix. Oh, I did watch that. That was good. Do you watch Power? Good. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. The Power finale. But I, haven't, I haven't watched it. Okay. Oh, no. Guess, but... Well, no, I, I wouldn't spoil it for you like someone did on my Instagram timeline. Jenny, I'm talking to you. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I wouldn't do that. But yeah. So just like random shows that kind of are interesting, entertaining to you. Nothing specific. Yeah, it's, it's good background noise. Like, yeah. I, I, I never give it my entire full attention. Like, but yeah, um, it's, it's nice to get a little imaginary break. Okay. Well, we have a listener question, actually, for you. Sure I, I pulled the interwebs. Um, and Jessica Siegel at Street Market Podcast, which, interestingly enough, is a podcast that explores, like, the people, places, and history behind street fairs and markets in London, um, cool. asks, yeah, very cool, what advice do you have for the next generation, and what skills should should they have, really, I guess, to, to be content creators and contributors? For the next generation, yeah, we're old guys. Like, listen, <laughs> like literally, like I'm like, what is Periscope? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think the next generation. My my advice is like, we're in this really cool world, and I'd imagine even more so for younger people, it, like where you are the brand, like yeah, you, the person is the brand, yeah. and um it's kind of like the Truman show, you know, you can really live a life where like, it's just about you and everyone's watching. And, um, I would say just be mindful of that. And, um, but also use that to your advantage, like learn how to create things, be Mm. creative. Yeah. Uh, It's okay. And it's a viable business opportunity. It's a viable lifestyle. When I was younger, I wanted to be an artist and I painted and I did all these things and um but in my mind I was like this is always going to be a hobby I can never make any money from that and I wish that I hadn't listened to that part of my brain yeah. uh, and done you know computer science or graphic design um is that what but, you did Hmm? Is that what you did? Computer science, graphic design? That's no, I did neither. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was a poli sci major. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That is <laughs> left. <laughs> Entrepreneurship and education, double minor. But oh, nice. um, no, yeah, because by the time I was like, no, I should do this. You know, it's like sophomore, junior year. And you're not going back and taking all those math classes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. That'd be my advice. Love it. Great advice. Great advice. So, Morgan, thank you so, so much for taking time out to talk with us today. Um, can you tell um, our listeners uh, where they can find you online? 
Yes. The fastest way to reach me is through Twitter. So it's at Morgan Debon, um, just exactly how my name is spelled, and on Instagram. And then for Blavity, at Blavity on Instagram, Blavity Fam on Snapchat. And, you know, check us out on the site, www.blavity.com. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. So that was awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to talk to her. Yeah, really and you you put her on the guest list, the guest wish I list. I did. I really didn't think we would, you know, I really didn't think that, you know, we'd be able to land her, but we did. Yeah, she was great. And I love uh, what she said about just the how the platform evolved. Yeah. Because, like, you get so caught up, like, when you launch something, you just get... It's easy to get kind of stuck in one thing. But yeah. Open and yeah. Flexible. I really, I really absolutely like so insightful. So many gems, and she's so young and so accomplished. So, <laughs> nothing but well wishes and support for for Morgan and what yeah. she's doing over at Blavity. Right, guys well we hope you enjoyed that little flashback as much as we did it's so crazy to look back and see how much we've all grown um, and just how setting a vision and implementing habits and goals around that can pay off so we hope you're inspired yes for sure for sure and don't be a stranger we may be hitting pause on the episodes for august but the candid career conversations are continuing all over the social media interwebs enjoy your summer and we'll see you later See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.